Please join me in praying aloud. Heavenly Father, we wish to see Jesus. By your Spirit's power, give us eyes to see his glory. Through Christ we pray. Amen. The scripture reading today is from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is God's word. You may be seated. Well, good morning Uh, again. We uh, do come to the conclusion uh, of this series uh, called Table Talk. And um, we come to this final uh, passage. And here's the deal. Unity matters. Uh, If you were here last week, uh, Damien set me up amazingly. he said, there's going to be this softball for you, this word um, that is going to come on next Sunday, and that word is unity. So if I blow it, um, don't hit it out of the park. Sorry about that, um, but I will uh, do my best. Listen, unity matters. You know the quickest way to know that unity matters is when disunity is present, right? Uh, you feel it inside of you when things are not as they should be, when things are not um, united. You almost feel like it's pulling you apart uh, from the inside, right? And you know this. Imagine sitting uh, at your family table, uh, ready to eat dinner, right? And there's been some blow-up fight, you know, that happened 10 minutes before, and dinner is to the, so- the sound of clanking silverware, uh, cutting uh, the meat and all of this. Uh, and you can just feel, what? Disunity, um, in the air. It's, it's palpable. Um, uh, you feel it. Uh, marriage, uh, when you feel in your marriage that things are, are not unified, um, is there anything more painful? Right? An awkward date night. You haven't been out in a long time, but there's all these things going on, and you don't even know what to talk about because you're not united uh, on, on every front, right? Finances, uh, marriages are uh, come up against disunity when you don't agree about money and how, where it's going to go and how you're going to spend it and do we have enough and uh, parenting, my goodness, right? Um, hey, uh, uh, you know, your son comes to you and says, hey, can I have this? Uh, and you say no, goes to mom, can I have this? She says yes. <laughs> They've won, right? Um, uh, divided front we fall, right? Uh, parenting uh, is, is one of these challenges. The church uh, the church, my goodness, in our individual churches, right, we, have, we can have disunity all the time. We, we write people off when they hurt us. We become bitter. 
Um, we leave the church altogether because who cares? I can just go to another one, right? Um, uh, or across churches, right? We, we value being right more than being whole. And so we create these divisions between our churches um, and uh, when we could have fought for unity. Um, but it's easier to create another one than it is to repent and forgive and, and be reconciled to each other. So we, we start new churches when we don't want to deal with all that, right? Disunity. On Saturday morning um, at 4.30 in the morning, I, I got a phone call from one of the moms uh, in our after-school program. In a half days, I didn't answer the phone, but I, I texted back um, and said, did you mean to call me? Um, is everything okay? And she wrote back and she said, no, Pastor E, someone shot Antoine. And my heart sank. I asked if he was alive and she responded, no, he's gone. Now, this is important for you all in many, more than many ways, but some of you know Antoine. Uh, he was a dear friend of mine, dear friend of my family, worked for New City, um, but lost his life uh, only 24 hours ago or so. So I have a heavy heart this morning um, because of that. And um, he was my best friend in the neighborhood, no doubt. Um, tragically taken um, from this world. Unity matters. This uh, example, this, this moment in, in, in life is, is disunity at its worst. It's one image of God looking at another image of God. Um, and rather than seeing the unity that they share as fellow image bearers, one takes the life of the other. What if there had been unity there? Might there have been um, a different outcome? So Jesus prays in John 17. And in our passage uh, this morning, um, he shifts his audience, right? Uh, if you've been here for a while, he's been praying to the disciples. Uh, he's been praying to uh, the disciples that are standing um, in front of him. And, and, and here in our passage, he begins praying for all of those who will believe in me through the disciples' word. Who's that? It's you. And it's me. And so all scripture is, is God's word, but we should take to heart that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was praying for us as we sit here at New City in this room today. And so this prayer for us is intensely personal. And by praying for us to be one, he knew that our biggest struggle would not be all the things we think, but our biggest struggle would be unity. He could have prayed for a lot of things, but he knew that one of Satan's biggest tactics to take us off course, to take us off mission, would be to take this little ragtag bunch of disciples and to splinter their allegiance to each other. So if you look around us today, you can't deny Satan's doing a pretty good job. Where's the unity? Unity matters. Unity mattered um, in Antoine's life. Unity matters um, in our church's life. Unity matters um, right here and right now. So let's find out. Um, how we, by God's grace, uh, would bring uh, Jesus' powerful prayer to fruition. So listen, first, um, we've got to talk about the unity uh, of the Trinity. The unity of the Trinity, that seems a little bit odd um, uh, to, to, to start there, um, but I promise you if we don't start there, we'll miss the whole thing. Um, the Trinity, we, we know this, uh, the, the, the Godhead, three in one. There's one God and, and three persons. And, and, and our, our, uh, our, our, our confession says there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. Right? Beautiful um, words. Now listen to our passage. Where do we get this stuff from? 
Listen to what Jesus says, verse 21. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. In the end of verse 22, that they may be one, even as we are one. You see, Jesus is describing himself as a member uh, of the Trinity. Uh, You, Father, are in me, and I am in you, and that they may be one, even as we are one. And so I'm going to interrupt myself right now and say, well, who cares? Right? Is the, does this whole thing, what's this got to do um, with what we're doing right now? What's this got to do with the story that I just told you about Antoine? What's it got to do with it? I would tell you it has everything to do with it. And because uh, um, we have to understand that this is not just a a theological uh, principle, um, but the fact that our God is one God in three persons has massive applications in every um, area of our our life. And the one I want to, I want to aspect that I want to highlight today is what Jesus is talking about in our passage. At his very essence, the the core of, of who God is, God is relational. God is a community within himself. God at his core is not alone. In himself, God has, has family. You see, unity is, is not sameness. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not the same, right? Unity is, is unity in um, diversity. If God was not three in one, he wouldn't even have um, unity. He would have aloneness. <laughs> you understand that? He would be by himself, but he's not by himself, by the very nature of who he is. Um, he is three um, in one. He is um, relational. He is in community. Michael Reeves um, wrote a book. Uh, our officers in training have, have read this book, Delighting in the Trinity, amazing um, book. And, and he asked this amazing question, which many of us probably don't ask. He says, what, what, what do you think God was doing before he made the world? Was he bored? <laughs> Did he just uh, kind of hang out? And look at, look at our passage. It answers the question in verse 24. Father, you loved me before the foundation of the world. What was God doing in this beautiful trinity um, that we talk about? The Father was loving the Son. God was not bored. God was busy loving um, the tr- inside of the trinity. And so out of, um, out of the overflow of this, of this love, God created the world to share that love. To let the love uh, overflow into what he created. God didn't create the world because he didn't have anything to love and he thought, gosh, I just would love to love something. No, he created the world as an overflow, as an outflow uh, of the fact of who he is at his core. So what's it like um, in this trinity? What is life like? Uh, And if you think that's a silly question, um, it's not because you and I are about to find out that we are in Christ so in some way, we're, we get to participate in what it means to be uh, the Trinity. So what is it like uh, in the Trinity? I would encourage you, um, Adam Jones is a, is a pastor uh, in our denomination at Seven Rivers. He preaches a sermon on the Trinity, and it's amazing. So uh, if you want to hear a better version of some of what I'm about to say, go listen to that one. Um, but he says, he says a few things that we, need to get, that we need to get. He says the Trinity is the opposite of self-centeredness. Self-centeredness says, I'm at the center of the world, and and I demand that everyone else um, revolve uh, around me. The Trinity is self-giving, not self-centered. Each person in the Trinity is voluntarily, willingly um, desires to revolve around the other two. So there's not one that's revolving around everyone else. Um, But it's this this beautiful picture of, of, of a dance, 
uh, of the three persons, um, not one saying, I'm better than you, but each one um, glorifying the other, each one loving the other, and, and in this dance um, revolving um, around uh, one another. Did you, un- did you know that um, there is no such thing as a partner dance where one of the partners stands still? That's not a dance, right? Uh, in, a, in a dance, uh, it is two uh, coming together in one. And, and here we have this dance of the three um, uh, in one, uh, each one loving uh, the other. And so by doing this, e- each person is uh, glorifying the other to the point where not one is getting more uh, glory uh, than another. And I return to our passage again. Look at verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. The glory that you have given me. And so you see in the Trinity, it's this other, uh, others glory seeking. It's seeking to put the glory on, on others. And so let me bring this back now to us. The beginning pages uh, of the Bible start with this, this phrase right here. Let us make man in our image. Now, for a lot of us, we say uh, to people who don't believe in the Trinity, oh, look, there, let us. See, there it is. There's the three. And I would encourage you to say that's, that's fine, but that's not the point. Because, see, this is not just to say, oh, we, we reflect in some way um, uh, the image of God. What it is to say that the reflection uh, of us being made in God's image is to be made for relationship. Let us make man in our image. That God uh, loved being in relationship uh, in the Trinity, and he says, now I'm going to make others in my image, that they might enjoy uh, this relationship. And so you and I were made to reflect the three persons of God, mutually giving glory to one another in relationship. So the unity of the Trinity is, is, is so important for us, uh, to understand what unity actually is. And so uh, uh, we get from, from unity uh, of the Trinity, we move now to the unity of the church. The unity uh, of the church. Now, we've got to start with the world's definition of unity because it's different from ours. You, we've got to remember the unity that's defined by God and the Trinity. But a lot of us, uh, we start with what the world would say um, unity is. See, the world says unity is I accept you and I agree with you um, with no regard for any truth. Uh, so my perception of the world is the only thing that matters. Uh, my story is the ultimate truth. And so unity is simply a, an acceptance. And don't get me wrong, story matters and all of that. I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that doesn't uh, matter. But this type of unity is, is so shallow. Um, and, and it doesn't have legs. It doesn't have uh, a real foundation. And so like a house of cards, it just, it just folds in on itself. It's not, it's not real um, unity. But see, we're tempted to talk about church unity in the same way. That, hey, we just need to kind of get over our differences and have more, you know, councils where we get together and kind of get rid of denominations. But I would just tell you that's a small view of what unity is. And don't get me wrong, I, 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 the divisions of the church is, is sad to me. Um, but we, we can't base our unity in the church on the world's definition of unity. It just won't work. So what is unity? We've got to start uh, and say that the unity of the church uh, is based uh, on the unity of God. We learn unity uh, by who we are, uh, by, by looking at the Trinity. Unity of the church flows out of this unity that God has as Father, um, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our passage says it, verse 21, that they also may be in us. Verse 23, I in them and, and you in me. 
And so what does this mean? It means that the church, we are, are united um, to Jesus. And so we get to participate in the Trinity. I know that's a strong word, but I want you to reflect on that. That this beautiful love and, 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 and community that I was just talking about, we get to participate in that. That is what it means to be united to Christ. And when he says, I and them and, and you and me and all this, what he's saying is, is we get to participate in that beautiful, others-glorifying, self-giving type of love. And that's what it means um, to truly be um, united. And so Jesus means what he says. We are in him and he is in the Father. This self-giving love and the others-glorifying um, idea is not something that theologians at RTS ponder um, in, in seminary. And that we forget about. No, we're participants in it. And that's what it means when we say, I have a relationship with God. Do you understand now the depth of that relationship? The depth of being able to participate in this beautiful love that is um, the Trinity. That, that when Jesus purchased us, he is purchasing us to bring us into that. that. That my salvation is not just, man, glad I don't have to go to hell now. My salvation is I get to be in this. I get to participate um, uh, in this beautiful uh, love um, that the Father and the Son have for one another. So we, um, uh, as we are united to Christ, we're united to each other. That the church would be one as that trinity um, is one. You see, it's not an example. The trinity is not just an example of what oneness looks like. um, That we're supposed to really just like try hard to follow. He has made us one. So it's, it's, it's the spirit of God inside of us, the power of, of unity um, in us. So what does that church unity start to look like? Let's get, let's get practical. Unity is what happens when self-centeredness dies. The unity that Jesus is talking about is something that we fight for. It's kind of like sanctification. It's like your growth in the gospel, right? Uh, if I said to you right now, are you holy? You would say, yes, but not because of me, because of Jesus. And you say, well, are you growing in holiness? And you would say, well, yes, I hope so. Well, I would say, are you united to Jesus uh, and united to other believers by uh, Christ? Yes. Are you growing in that unity? I hope so. And that's what, we need to, that's what we need to talk about. We have to fight for unity. It doesn't just happen. Listen, we will always drift towards disunity. The culture will, will, will make us go there. Um, everything around us will make us go there. We have to fight for this. So what does unity at New City look like? What is unity right here uh, inside of our church? Well, it starts with the hard stuff. It starts with reconciling to each other. It starts with forgiving each other. It starts with being patient with one another and being long-suffering. Matthew 18, how we go to each other in conflict is really hard. It takes a long time to, to walk through that. And it's hard because I'm stubborn. I like to hold on to pain. I like to hold on to grudges. But the reality is, if I don't want to be reconciled, it's because I ultimately uh, think that I am at the center of this universe. <laughs> that the self-centeredness um, hasn't died. How do you, how do, you do this? I, I, remember the gospel. Remember this, this, this reality that do you understand the power that it takes for Jesus to continue to move towards you, even as we continue to offend him, as we continue um, to sin, that Jesus keeps moving towards us. Jesus continues to, to, to renew us and that you have that same power inside of you. And so this, we have the same power of that Trinity, uh, Trinitarian love to forgive someone who sinned against us. Just the same way that Christ uh, forgave you and brought you into this blessed relationship. 
So what does it mean uh, to be united? It means we, we fight for it. We don't just walk away. When there's conflict, we go, I'm going to go right into this thing. It's uncomfortable. Um, it's messy. But it's beautiful when, it, when we come out on the other side. And that um, is what unity uh, is in the church. What else is unity at New City? Um, it's celebrating our gifts. It's celebrating um, our gifts. We're in 1 Corinthians in, in CBR, and we're about to get this part where it talks about one body, many parts, right? It warns us of thinking uh, of any one gift as being more important um, to the body of Christ. Imagine for a moment, imagine being in a place where, where your gifts are, are being identified, your gifts are being noticed by the community and then used and, and, and being a part of that community and celebrated for how they contribute. Listen, what I'm describing is not something weird. <laughs> That's the church. That we wouldn't celebrate anyone more than another, but that we would say um, the gifts uh, that God has given are to be brought out, to be highlighted, to be noticed, um, and to be used for the greater good uh, of this body. I mean, imagine if Jesus looked at the Father and said, you know what, I hate my job. Can't I have yours? And of course we would say, well, that's ridiculous. He's God. He struggled. Not my will, Father, but yours. Listen, do you have uh, contempt in your heart for your own gifts? Do you have contempt in your heart for uh, what God has given you? And say, man, I wish I had that. You know what that does? Disunity. And it breaks, us, uh, uh, it breaks us apart. You remember, unity is not sameness. Just like God is not, Father, Son, Spirit are not all the same, but they are different, and there's unity in that diversity. So are we. <laughs> unity in diversity. And that's why we have to make special effort to look at uh, others and their gifts and say, that's amazing. Look at God's glory in you. And, not, and, and for us uh, ourselves to be uh, called out to be shown this is your glory so that we don't have contempt and think like Jesus would have, as if Jesus would have said, I hate my job, I'd rather have the Father's. He's given us um, that because we are uh, uniquely gifted to do it. I remember the first time um, uh, I found out, I think, that's, that, that I had uh, God-given glory. You know, we go through a lot of our Christian life and all we're trying to do is beat ourselves up because we feel so bad for sin. And that's, there, there's a place for uh, repentance and all that. But, the, but the, to go back even farther is to realize that we were created um, with a God-given glory. And I remember the first time that, that, I, that, was, that, that someone else noticed it. I was so uh, blind and, and had so much contempt for myself, um, I couldn't see it. And then someone pointed out and said, look at that. That's God's glory in you. It was, it, it, I, I melted knowing uh, what it was to, to, to see someone else say, man, that's God's glory in you. That's what, that's what this is about. When we talk about unity uh, in the body and celebrating gifts, what, what, would, what if New City was a place where, where uh, we were others glorifying, like the Trinity is? What would that look like? What would that do? What would that do for you? What would that look like in your community group um, when uh, you went to others and just said, my goodness, look at God's glory in you? That's what he's telling us to do here. Uh, what else does unity um, at New City um, look like? It, it looks like noticing when you're attracted to uh, only the people that are like you. Only spending time with people that are like you. Right? That's a hard one. But it's noticing that and saying there's something wrong here. This should, this should be an alarm that goes off when you look around and say, man, everybody here is kind of like me. 
You should say, wait a second. I don't think that's how this is supposed to go. Unity and diversity. And that there should be others um, uh, who are not like me. So what does that mean? Moving out towards others that are not like you. Moving out um, into risky uh, relationships where you say, I don't know how this is going to go. I, they don't agree with my politics. They don't agree with uh, something that I think of theologically. They don't raise their kids the same way I do. Whatever it is. But say, but moving towards them. Because unity is worth it. Listen, unity at New City um, looks like um, you uh, uh, serving in city kids. You know why? Because those are all your kids. <laughs> it's not just your kids and city kids. We, we pledge to each other, I'm going I'm to help you in the raising of, my, of, of your children, but I'm not going to serve over there because kids aren't my thing. Unity, guys, unity. Um, and I could go on and on, but unity at New City, that's... Uh, that's uh, what it can begin to look like. Unity among other gospel-believing churches. What does that look like? Well, let me tell you something. That one's you've got, you got to fight for this one a little bit harder. You've got to fight for unity among churches uh, uh, harder because it won't happen because we don't drift towards unity. Um, this is the place where some of the most serious wounding has happened, and it's the place where the world looks at us and says, what are you guys doing? Right? Um, But remember, unity isn't defined by being right uh, and finding other people who are right with you and saying, this is us. This is our little corner of the world. And I know somebody's going to come up to me afterwards and say, well, what about truth and all that type of stuff? Yes, I'm with you. Okay, so we're not going to talk about that right now. But I would challenge that most of the times we assume we know um, what people are thinking and the truth that they believe before we ever even talk to them. You see, it's not enough to say that Jesus has united us with other believers in other churches, um, like spiritually, the invisible church, I agree with that. Um, but it, that would be just as crazy as it would be for me to say that I'm united to my spouse, but I never see her. Never in the same room with her. You would all say, well, that's not a marriage. I would agree. That's not unity. Um, if we don't uh, move towards um, others, and I get that that's challenging, it's not, it's not easy, but we've got to make special um, efforts. Uh, Damien and I had the opportunity to be a part of something called Orlando Together, uh, Orlando together would say that they seek to fortify cities by undermining racial divisions as they manifest in religious education, business, and civic life. So, unity. Orlando together. Um, that's what it's about. And so we, we spent a couple of weekends um, with uh, different believers from different churches. And uh, it's an amazing experience because, uh, mainly because you put yourself in a position to listen to other people. <laughs> Stop talking so much. Um, and you listen. And I, uh, I got to uh, sit next to a woman. Um, her name was Miss Jackie. Uh, Miss Jackie was amazing. Uh, I wish you could uh, meet her at some point. But Miss Jackie, um, African-American woman, um, older. Um, and uh, she told us this story um, here in Orlando, a story of uh, going uh, to a, a theater on Orange Blossom Trail as a young lady. She was a part of a, a, a theater group. Forty-five uh, of, of her friends went with her. Um, they had pre-purchased tickets uh, on the phone, I believe, uh, and, uh, and they show up uh, to uh, this, this theater, um, and uh, they come up, and they're, they're standing there uh, in line, uh, and uh, they get ready to get their tickets, and the person looks at them and says, uh, hold on just a second, I, uh, I need to get some help. So the owner of the theater comes out and says, hey, listen, I'm sorry, but uh, you can't come to this theater uh, because of the color of your skin. And so here's 45 um, young um, kids, 
and uh, of course discouraged and disheartened and uh, just uh, imagine the heart of any of your kids who are the, of this, you know, 12, 11, 12 uh, years old trying to process that, right? And so uh, she said, I, I go home and, and, and my dad says, well, how was the play? And she said, uh, I don't know. They didn't let us go and because of the color of our skin. And uh, at that point, I think this is actually where the story gets the most tragic. The story gets the most tragic because then her dad tells her the story, uh, has the, the talk. Uh, and that talk uh, is, hey, sweetie, that's just kind of the way the world is. Right? Uh, and so she lives with that. Now, now let me, I just want to remind you, this is not a video I saw of a woman from a long time ago. Uh, I was sitting with her, uh, listening to this uh, story uh, with her. Heartbroken. Disunity at its finest. Here's a believer, uh, and she couldn't have been sweeter. <laughs> couldn't have been more inviting into relationship. Um, had no chip on her shoulder. Way more faith than I do. Right? What does unity look like in that moment? So if in your mind, uh, as I tell that story, you're thinking, well, that was 50 years ago. That's not how it is now. If in your mind you thought, I didn't do that, so it's not really my fault or not my problem. If in your mind you thought, well, that's sad, but there's nothing I can really do about it. um, I want to challenge you. That's not unity. Uh, If unity for us is, hey, let's kind of worship together, but I don't really need to like listen to those hard stories. That's not unity. Because that's not truly bearing one another's burdens. That's not one anothering each other. That's not being taken up into this trinity of, of a self-giving, others uh, glorifying love. We, we must honor these stories. That's what unity is. Unity across um, churches. You've got to move towards Miss Jackie. <laughs> unity uh, takes wielding the power that we hold and, and making intentional leaps across the dividing lines. Understanding the power that we have um, just by who we are, the family we're born into, the places we, we, we go, and we must become downwardly mobile um, in society. Put ourselves in uncomfortable places. Move towards others um, who've been cast, uh, cast out. That's what it means to fight for unity. So I'd ask you this morning, not in a condemning way, but in an inviting way, who's your, who's your Miss Jackie? If you don't know one, I'll, I got some for you. Right? introduce you uh, to uh, a woman uh, who is ama- has an amazing story and an amazing faith. Listen, unity uh, in our church um, matters. And unity won't happen unless we fight for it. And so unity um, is rooted in the Trinity. And unity then outflows uh, into the church. And finally, unity on mission. Unity on mission. Probably one of the biggest critiques uh, of the church is how disunited we are. Um, it used to be that if you planted a church, you were sort of competing against other denominations. You know, the Baptist church or the Methodist church or Presbyterian church or whatever. And you were kind of trying to prove to be better than the others. Um, and that's because more people went to church back then. Um, and were kind of choosing between the different things. Well, let me tell you something. Today... Um, Younger folks could care less about denominations, and part of that's because they could care less about God. And part of the reason they don't care about God is because we haven't been united. That's what this is saying. That's what this passage um, is telling us. And you know what? They actually are better at unity than we are. Um, they have the right idea, but they have the wrong foundation. And unity has a purpose. 
You see, unity isn't just for, for unity's sake. Unity isn't just to say, we came around the campfire and we, we sang kumbaya and let's go home. It's an awesome day. What is, what is the purpose of unity? Well, Jesus tells us that they may all be one, verse 21, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Do you see that? And in case you didn't see it, he, tells it, he says it again in verse 23. That they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me. Unity's purpose is the mission of God. That's why. What, J- what Jesus is saying here is that the world's ability to believe the gospel of Jesus is, is dependent on our unity. Now I understand we are, we are already united, but, but he has called us to this. He's, he's praying for it because he knows this is going to be our struggle. So our unity has to be at least united enough so that the world can recognize it and say, wow, that's unity. Unfortunately, right now, I think the opposite is true. But Jesus is saying, listen, an unbelieving world is going, should look at the church and say, wow, look at how they fight for each other. Man, I want to be a part of that. That's what he's saying here. That as we are on un, uh, 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 the unity of the church uh, is the mission of God. And so... I believe that uh, we see this, uh, we're not defining unity on the right terms. Um, we've got to define unity uh, on the God's uh, self-giving love. And so I believe we can argue that when the world sees the church, they should actually be seeing the Trinity. That's why we had to start there. <laughs> um, so I just want you to reflect on that for a moment. Um, Ben Kant wrote a paper uh, on this uh, passage in seminary. So I told him I was going to quote him in uh, The Professor. All right? um, he said this in his, in his paper. The mission of the church is being caught up in the outgoing mission of the overflowing triune God. All right, so that's your, that's your homework is to go home and just unpack that for a while. The mission of the church is being caught up uh, in the outgoing mission of the overflowing triune God. That's it. Listen, when we give up on reconciling to one another, when we give up on that, we show the world that God's reconciliation is the same way. Um, We show that this is how God approaches us. (laughs) Uh, When we give up, we tell the world, hey, that's what God does for you. He gets you halfway, um, but he doesn't go the whole way. And so I want you to remember the context um, of this prayer. Jesus is facing the cross. He knows what his mission is. He knows what type of sacrificial, courageous love it takes to willingly give himself up to death. And so he prays for that exact same love to be given to the disciples so that they might love each other and the world in a self-sacrificing type of way. That's why he ends with verse 26, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Unity matters. Unity matters. May, may we be the church um, uh, that says, we're going to put this on, on the front burner. May we be a church that says, how do, we, how do we become united, both in our body and across the body? How do we become um, that church? You know what? Uh, when we do that, um, I believe that um, places, even like our neighborhood, uh, even instances like what happened this weekend and broke uh, my heart, my family's heart, uh, for, uh, uh, for quite some time. Jesus says, the world will know. My name will be made known 
by the way that you unite to each other. That's my prayer for us this morning.